Hey everybody, welcome to TV Donuts, uh, another episode, another week. My name is Hannah, with me as always is my bestie and sidekick. Saskia. Unfortunately, uh, Dr. Piers Ray could not make it this week. He's off traveling the world again. We've once again lost track of him. And yeah, uh, if you see him anywhere, let us know. Yes. Maybe a Please little hashtag Piers Ray. Hashtag find Piers. Find Piers. Yes. So hopefully he will be back for our next episode. But this week we have a very special guest. Our good friend and ex-classmate, Eric. Hello, it's me. Hello. Eric. Some of you may know him uh, as Eric the Landlord from our yes. short-lived web series, series. web series Lady Friends. That's right. He had some of his own episodes where he was the star. Yeah. The like, best episodes. I was going to say which some of my favorites. has still not even seen the light of day. Really? Eric's eggs. Oh my gosh. Four of which. There's three there's, other. There's, there's several well, others actually. There's a lot of uh, episodes locked in the vault. Stay tuned the for that, Eric, guys. Eric the Landlord miniseries. That's right. So this week, uh, as we said on our last episode, we watched a show called Barney Miller. Uh, it premiered in 1975 on ABC. Yes. It went for eight seasons. It did. It was created by Danny Arnold and Theodore Flicker. Mm -hmm. What a name, eh? Theodore Flicker. It's quite a good one, I actually. like it. Did they do anything else? I looked into their background. They definitely have other credits yeah that sounds very vague i didn't actually <laughs> write any of it down it was uh mostly films i don't think they had any other big tv series other than this one uh danny arnold's at least definitely seemed to have like a, a very good career yeah. as a writer and producer so uh they definitely this wasn't like a one-hit wonder or anything no uh, before we get into the discussion of even how we felt about watching the show, I just wanted to talk about, you know, our knowledge of it going in. Like, my parents are English. We moved to Canada in the early 80s. So I, unlike a lot of my friends, didn't grow up on the classic American sitcoms. Like, my parents weren't watching reruns of I Love Lucy or Gilligan's Island because they didn't grow up on that stuff. Like, we were watching Doctor Who. So I've certainly heard the words Barney Miller but I had absolutely no idea what the show was about or when it took place or, or who the star was. I knew nothing. I don't him. even think I knew of the name okay. going into it. So I, I had not heard of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard of it, but I didn't know. I didn't know even that, that it was a, uh, that it was a cop show. I'd, uh, yeah, no, me neither. I, I'm like kind of embarrassed at how little I know. I know of like classic well it's the same like most of what I learned I learned in school and we took a tv <laughs> history class or at least I did and uh, we got to see little snippets of of a lot of the stuff that kind of set the tone I mean when you watch this show it, it's structured very similarly to a show that's like this in modern day right yes, I mean yes, I, I guess the most direct comparison would be a show that I personally am obsessed with, which is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Like, that would be technically, and it's not the same at all. Is it a drama? No, no it's, it's a, a comedy. Yeah. I, still, I have also not seen an episode oh, of that. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I love Like, tonally, love it's nothing like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, and I don't think tonally you could do Barney Miller now as a 20-minute show. I don't oh, think so. I totally disagree. It gets so serious in some parts. Okay, well, what did you think? Did you like the show? Did you find it funny? Uh, I did like the show. Uh, the What I found was that um, 
the jokes part of it, like the the like the one liners and there were and so many. And they were not good. Really? <laughs> they were the worst part of the show. I had a couple where I, I laughed out loud, and I, I wasn't t- expecting for any of the humor to translate, because it has been 40 years since the show oh, was wow, on. Oh, wow, yeah, it has. That's an enormous leap. I mean, this was on before I was born, Yeah. right? Like, you guys are a bit younger than me, but this is before even I existed, so... I was really shocked at, like, A, like, how much kind of dirty stuff they threw in there. Like, weird, sexy jokes. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of the kind of punchlines, and especially the ones the audiences laughed the hardest at, were the worst racist racist stuff. Not even just... Like, every time they even said Puerto Rican, the audience just lost their mind. I'm a Puerto Rican junkie in a police station with a gun in my hand. What am I going to do with a fair child? Such a different time, right? Oh, there's with this quote. It's like, he's not Puerto Rican, is he? And then I think it was um, Fish. Oh, no, he's Jewish. Fish no, they were talking about the lawyer, the, the daughter's oh, yeah. boyfriend. The, uh, yeah. Stanley Mankiewicz. Let's get into it, yeah. <laughs> and he said he's Jewish, practically the same thing. Did Pract- you? I didn't even get that. I, I know, but know that's the that thing. Is. Is like they're just equating one racial group to another and saying, well, you know, they're both you know, not white people. I, I don't know. It's Except so that strange. She is, she is white. Yes. And, but there was one line where they went out on a commercial break where the captain kept the fuller Barney guy. Miller. No, not Barney Miller. Oh. The, the boss, the, Luger? we'll get to him. Luger. Shana. Luger. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Says something about, he's talking about Chana. Yeah. Talking yeah. about how he's being like, the joke is literally, I didn't write it down, but it was like, Oh, the I, know, I know what is, it is. It's, uh, uh, he, <laughs> He's an inspiration to all Puerto Ricans on the force. Yes, I, I, and the audience roared with laughter. <laughs> Every Puerto Rican was on the force. Joke. Why was that funny? It was. <laughs> oh my gosh, crazy! But despite all of that, and we haven't even gotten to like. I thought actually that's the, that the line sexistness potentially of show. was funny because he was so incredibly sarcastic, and everything he said was sarcasm before he said this line, and he is. Completely not an example for every Puerto Rican. He's just... Oh my gosh. And, and Luger just, just takes everything he says literally and he's like, wow, this he's man... He's not understanding. Okay. He's not understanding See, it. I, I think that may have been... And that's why I think this show would work today. Probably It would probably fit in today better than it did back then. Because a lot of the... Uh, the well, they had a lot of hacky, you know stupid one-liners and zingers that weren't funny but a lot of them had a few that were parts. funny though there were a few that were funny we'll talk about them, them. Not. some of them still hit 40 years later but, um, still made me laugh the uh the best parts of it were just these these uh these weird character interactions that like this luger i think what was supposed to be funny about that was that he's so clueless yes know? like it's it's not a joke like puerto ricans are 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 not to be admired yeah i guess i don't know i think that not good at their jobs generally i think it's sort of a a thing like uh like in in the simpsons what's what's funny about like uh dr hibbert is that it's totally uh inappropriate for him to be a doctor like he's always laughing at patients and and he's you know he's not acting appropriately for i think it's that sort of situation like this Character is supposed to be funny because he is the wrong person to be in that role. Gotcha. Before we read the description of the pilot, I do yeah. want to say that this was not a good donut. Like, no. it, it really doesn't work. <laughs> they didn't drop any kind of hints in the 
pilot or the finale as to like an overarching storyline. Honestly, the only donut question that I think there is is about Fluger and the the difference. He wasn't in the pilot, right? He wasn't in no. the pilot, and then in the finale, there's a very a different, a huge difference between the way the the actors or the characters react to him and the way the audience reacts to him. Yes. Yeah. So like the only thing we can maybe sort of talk about in the hole in the middle is like who is that character to them and yeah. and what what's been happening why, why is he driving them so crazy but i think maybe in the future moving forward uh the next time we we get a, a 20 minute sitcom we should maybe watch the first episode of the first season and the final episode of the series of the series it's- let's increase the gap because we have a bigger chance of having more yeah. story we and could also potentially, though, have none of the same characters. Well, or very few of the same characters. It really... I don't think so. Well, that's part so. of the fun, right? Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, definitely there would be more characters. But I, know, I don't think the turnover, again, is as big as it would be in a drama. I know most of the main characters end up leaving early. Like, most of the people we saw in this are only in, like, two or three oh, seasons. okay, so yeah. And, well, we... some actor, like, one of them dies, like, in the middle of the fifth season, and one guy gets another show, his own spinoff show. Uh, yes, was it, uh, Channa? Or is it Abe Vigoda? Abe Vigoda, Vigoda is hilarious. Got a, fish. Fish. fish, yes. He got the spinoff show, but it only, it bummed. And Channa got his, he started another show, but I don't think it was a spinoff of this show. Gotcha. Also flopped. So he was only in the first two seasons. Oh, okay. I and, um, imagine a spinoff featuring Fish. Like, yeah, it was he's, Fish. He's it was his funny. family life too, I think. He, he's he will. Is, like, I don't think he could hold a show. Like, he, My... Yeah. Real... It was, it, yeah, Abe Vigoda was... Yes, who, again, is one of those names that you Tessio grow up... from The Godfather. Knowing, yes, and I just, I just didn't know who he was at all until I saw his face. And he's such a recognizable face. Absolutely. And voice as well. I loved him in this. But my roommate, who's 10 years older than me, um, when I mentioned we're watching this, Fish is the thing that she remembers. Oh my goodness. So it must have been just, you know, the parts that we saw, he he didn't really have a storyline in either episode. Kind of. He was just sort of the joke guy. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the pilot. Uh, It's called Ramon. Captain Barney Miller talks down a junkie who is holding the 12th precinct hostage that's the entire description of the episode and because um we're gonna do a little structural change or we're gonna try to do that where we um one of us is gonna figure out what happens in the middle of the season and does some research yeah and i tried to research the episodes this week and all i got for most of them was this like this tiny synopsis yeah which is sort of typical of of a a sitcom right you have your a story and then you usually have your b story and it's three notes and then in every episode there's a bunch of runners like joke runners that were going on Mm -hmm. what i found really interesting about the pilot is for a show called barney miller we spend the first two minutes with his wife yeah pretty much by herself yeah her name is uh liz yes she was played by barbara barry i loved her i did too i thought they gave her Almost nothing intelligent to do. I mean, she's she spends the pilot episode worrying about their apartment, worrying about their neighborhood. She wants Barney to stop being a cop. And the news. Did you hear the news on yes, the radio? It was hilarious. <laughs> and everybody was losing it. And it was like yeah. talking about... That's I wrote the list down. Bank, you did good. Bank Thank explosions, you. garbage strike, gang killings. 
Uh, and, and like the super violent the, news. The joke sort of was at the radio. She was in the kitchen. She's getting ready for the morning. Uh, she calls to her husband, Barney, to bring the kids down. The kids are named Rachel and David. They barely come into this, but there is one thing with the daughter that sort of ties into the episode. Uh, and then, yeah, the radio is on, and it's another device we just don't get anymore. Nobody listens to the radio, and I, I found that charming. I sort of loved it. Yeah, I did too. And the announcer is just listing atrocity after tragedy, <laughs> and it just goes on and on. And she's talking to the radio. She's talking back to the radio. I thought it was and hilarious. almost rolling her eyes. Oh, man. This is 113 on your FM dial at 730. Rachel, David, breakfast. Barney, get the kids up for breakfast. Two banks on Wall Street were destroyed by explosions in the early hours of the morning. A new garbage strike looms on the horizon. Wonderful. And street gangs here have claimed the lives of two additional victims. Three Japanese terrorists have hijacked an Italian airliner. And in retaliation... Three Italian terrorists have blown up a Japanese restaurant. One of my favorite parts of the show is actually like how uh, uh, it's such a bleak universe. Yes, it is. so dark for a sitcom. Yes. For a sitcom in the 70s. Well, that's what I meant by it not transferring because especially in the finale, and we'll get to it more, the the storyline with Chano, but even in the pilot with this Puerto Rican junkie, like, there are dark sides to every episode, it feels like. They're balancing, like, these weird poop jokes sometimes with this, like, incredibly (laughs) serious situation that are, like, emotionally affecting. And I feel like Brooklyn Nine-Nine never gets, like, serious. It's never like, oh, Jake has to kill someone. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. It just and I like... don't know if that would work. Now, because we have all these other outlets where we can do the dark sides on the cable networks and do the light sides on the network networks, well, they don't combine. Well, I think that's combine. exactly why it would work. It would just work better as like a HBO show yeah. or, a, or a Showtime. Actually, I don't I... know if Showtime does sitcoms, but... I feel like there's a, a big potential that a lot of the stuff that did happen would now be considered too out there or offensive potential well, even i mean the, <laughs> yeah it's like completely like i don't think it would it would pass crazy offensive so yeah they have a conversation about the brown rain which was really which gross was crazy <laughs> that was that was like that blew my mind i had to rewind that a little bit i had to think about it for a while because again it's before our time but new york in the 70s was an extremely dangerous place yeah right it's where all those classic films are coming out of like taxi driver where you literally could could just get shot in the street and they live in a terrible neighborhood they've got crazy bars on the windows which barney claims mm-hmm. don't do anything anyway but he just put on there because his wife gets what she wants yeah. and she talks about there was a guy trying to break in she can tell from there's a clean smudge on the glass and like it's just that's one of the runners in the pilot is that someone's constantly trying to break into their apartment so that's why she wants barney to quit his job she wants him to move to montana and start a chicken, chicken farm, farm. And he says, joking about the radio, all the bad news. Well, you hear it's my busy season. Like, I can't possibly do that. (laughs) And that's when they have that weird conversation about, like, you love your badge more than my body. And they talk about how they did it in a Studebaker on the side of the road once. (laughs) Like, did you guys think that was weird? What I thought. It was so sexual. It was. I I don't think that was that atypical of, like. Of that time? Yeah, no, no, they totally had, like like um tons of like just overtly sexual jokes but i i was annoyed by it just because there's no 
there was no joke to it. The and joke I, was it that they me, had sex in a car. Yes. And it, it did make me wonder if it, it would come back in throughout the, the season. In the middle of that, point. she drops like a, a, a Shakespeare quote. Yes. She says, some, I, something's rotten, rotten in, in Denmark. Sta- and that's another thing where it's I thought, like, I, I just, other than like maybe Big Bang Theory, I don't see any modern day comedies that it would just like bang out a Shakespeare line and just expect the audience <laughs> to like laugh at it. Like it's a joke. Anyway, I like that. I thought There's it was great. So many one liners. What I did want to say is, I think they did do a good job of describing their surroundings without ever showing anything. Yeah. It felt so claustrophobic to me, especially the finale. They never left that one room while they did go to Chana's house eventually. Mm. But I just felt like, oh my God, I can't breathe watching this show. <laughs> Interestingly enough, there is a, a trivia about that, and I saw it not long ago. Um, but I think they only leave the precinct maybe a handful of episodes yeah. throughout the entire series. Well, it's maybe in like front of a live studio audience, I assume. It, it sounds like it. I, at first I was like, oh, is it a laugh track? But they definitely, the way they react to things seems like it's a live audience. So, I mean, obviously they can't go anywhere. But I don't know. Like, I don't feel like that when I'm watching Big Bang, where it's like, it's so closed in but i think they're trying to make it feel like it's a, not a great place to be <laughs> so well they they succeeded at that yeah <laughs> so it's 13 episodes of the entire series oh where you ever don't where you where you, where you see sky where you see the outside of the precinct <laughs> gotcha so the other episode the pilot where the pilot is included in that oh because you see her apartment the wife yeah oh, they're at home interesting because i really felt just based on the pilot that it would be sort of a work home mix supposed to be yeah but maybe yeah that didn't end up happening they they love their cop character cast of characters too much she was well originally intended to be a, a main character of the show and she only ended up being in like 10 episodes as well wow what? really yeah, they, they, that they, really it, surprised it turned, me it turned into a phone com- like a phone relationship yeah. between them and she was only like a guest star in a couple episodes well even in the finale like she shows up at the precinct yeah we'll get into that but and I feel like that may have already been a special appearance it was even nice to see like he was married to someone his own age you know what I mean? Yes, it's yeah. true. Like, again, if it was modern day, she'd be 20 years younger than him with a huge rack. And it's just like, it was just like, nope, she's cool and she's talented and funny. Yes. And she is just like nailing these crazy speeches that they're giving her. I'm pretty disappointed that they don't bring her back more often. Yeah, I, me I too. I'm shocked by watching that. Watching the rest of the first season to fill it in. Yeah, but she I may be know. in the first season. She's probably at least most heavily in season one. I think yeah. she is. And, and maybe it's... she wanted to go do something where she was going to get a little bit more storyline besides like just being the harried wife that wanted to to get out that's another donut question we could talk about is by the finale she doesn't seem as unsupportive or or scared scared as she is in the pilot oh yeah that reminds me of uh one line of hers that was like my favorite in the first episode was when uh when the daughter is leaving mm-hmm. and she uh with the i think with a with brother the, with it's, the little brother yeah. she seems so old like, yes well she was obviously uh post high school yeah i thought she was because i was expecting her to be a child yeah me too yeah. and then she was an adult yeah because her boyfriend this is a weird scene and i didn't understand what was happening but they briefly reference as the kids are going out the door it's the one time we see them at all yeah. so i wonder how many episodes they're in probably none yeah i think very few uh and she talks about how she's going out to celebrate with her boyfriend after wherever she's going work yeah. or school because he's just gotten his new business cards for being a lawyer 
Mm. And I was like, this is such a random thing to reference in a pilot. We don't see this guy. They don't even really say who he is. They don't say, like, my boyfriend. It's just oh, and they're like, fancy business cards. Yes. And Barney takes one and puts it in his pocket. Just need to mention yeah. that. So when we first see the precinct, this is the first scene where I started to think, okay, we're in trouble here, considering, like, female roles and, like, what is going to happen because we get the scene where one of the police officers is on the phone and a woman is reporting that there's a peeper outside her window and as she describes him she turns like she gets attracted like to him so and then she decides oh never mind we're fine because this strange man who is peeping in my window is pretty. I am now on board with what's happening, and I'm gonna try and start a relationship with him. I wasn't sure what was happening in that scene. So I thought, wrong. I thought she, she was like prank calling, and he was slowly realizing that this was a prank no. call or something. The, That's the phrase. The joke was that he was so attractive, she described herself into not being worried about it anymore. That's insane. Yes. And the audience was going crazy with everything that she said. He's like, uh-huh, he's uh-huh. on the, uh, you're on the third floor, and yeah. the the laugh track goes, and he's like, uh-huh, and he's, how tall is he? 6'2", and they, they start laughing. 180 pounds, they're just laughing it up. Yeah. I was like, what the Great fuck? hair, great <laughs> smile. Okay, talk to you later, bye. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> no, no. And it's like, they, yeah, they don't, okay, and this is the, the big discussion. Because then we get to meet... All the different cops. Yeah. And there is one of every color. Yeah. Okay? So let's go through. We've got Detective Stanley, Wojo, Wajahooch. Who has very few. Okay. Like very who little to do. Guy? He's like he the meat-heady cop. He's the one that busts in with a yeah. gun at the end of the scene. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I believe he's supposed to be the Jewish one, just based on his, or like the name Eastern is... European. I, yeah, I didn't even hear his name. So then we have Sergeant Nick Yamana. He's the Asian cop. He's my favorite character. He, was... he is the uh, the actor who dies in the middle of the no fifth way. season. Oh, he died for real. Yeah, he died. Mm. Rip. That's sad. That's terrible. He yeah. was great. He, he was... had a lot of funny one-liners. In this one, there's a good joke about um, one of the cops has arrested like a bookie. And yeah. he's reading <laughs> through the slips. And his name is on one of the slips. Yeah. Yeah, hilarious. And there's also the first scene of of the finale is him just smoking in the precinct. And I was just like, oh, it's so great. He's then we have uh, Detective Sergeant... Hold Sorry, on, hold ahead. on one second. Uh, while we're talking about Yamana, his character was the first regular adult character on primetime TV that was written for a Japanese-American. Oh, amazing. Or American of Japanese descent. So it was the first ever. So yeah, they finally let them out of the internment camps. That's and really then we're like, all right, cool, you can be on surprising TV. Surprising, because his character, there's no... If that if this show was made today, there would be so many jokes just about his character's race. It's like, true. He, he, he could have been such a more racist character than he was. Like, his... his uh, his ethnicity is not brought up, like, at all no, in the show. Isn't. Yo, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about, because I was vacillating between thinking, like, they thought this was super inclusive of them to have, like, one of everybody. And again, like, we then we have the African-American cop, African-American cop. Who was Ron Glass. Yes. We have the Puerto Rican cop. It's like, but then they are pretty, like... Yamana, I don't, I agree. I don't think he says or does anything that's like, oh, that's so 
you know, Asian. Yeah, no. they saved up all the races. But the, like, <laughs> Detective Ron Harris, who you just mentioned, the, the African-American cop, he goes, he says, oh, like, yeah, I like a clean mind and a healthy body. And then the joke is like, oh, who wants to work with the prostitutes this week? And he's like, oh, me again, me again. It's like, <laughs> oh, he likes those whores. Like, it was so crazy. And then the pimp in the finale episode, <laughs> and that even that little kid was like, no jiving, no jiving, like, hey, you're okay. it was so racist, but I feel like they, you ain't no brother, yeah, I feel like they were, they thought they were doing the absolute opposite I of that, I think I agree, okay, I just wanted to check with you and guys, I, because I loved it, I guess I haven't mentioned, but I actually really enjoyed the show, too. me too, me too, but I just felt guilty that I was like, oh, there's bad, so much bad stuff in this that I shouldn't be, like, and I didn't think it was funny. I didn't find any of the racist humor funny. Most of it I just didn't understand. Yeah. It's like, I guess for a long time, there was like a such a culture of like, it doesn't matter who you're making fun of. It's just like the other person is below you. Yeah. And that went for all cultures and all races, right? And now we're all like, no, that's, it's wrong to like base anything on anyone's race so it's like we don't have that kind of humor anymore where like the punchline is just you know like blank person like it doesn't matter and it's funny and it's just like uh, it just goes over our head I guess yeah so Abe Vigoda who is Detective Sergeant Philip K. Fish uh he brings in this mugger uh Santos what's his name Ramon Santos who's you know the episode is named after him yeah do you guys think that guy was Puerto Rican? Because no. again, like that accent oh, the actor, he was doing, you mean? yes, was no. crazy. Like I was, uh, I'm sure he was a white guy. Yes, I think so. It was bad, right? Am I right? Like, I don't know no, if Chano was Puerto Rican. Was he? He sounded fine no, though. I think he was. I, he was. I can't remember his name. When but he did this, the, when he did the American accent, it was so convincing. Oh, no, that was like, a either British way, accent. it was. Oh, yeah. well, anyway, it was hilarious. That was one <laughs> that of the was scenes one of the I laughed parts, at. Yeah. yeah. You're embarrassing, you know that? Sin vergüenza de la tala chubo cochon nalca. Hey, Puerto Rican, man. I didn't know you Puerto Rican. Because you're so embarrassing. You know what I feel like when I hear somebody screaming, help police, murder, call the cops, somebody's getting killed. And I find a Puerto Rican beating the hell out of some whitey. I gotta pull out my piece and say, hold on, their hands in the air, police officer, thank you. Because I'm so embarrassing. So, uh, Fish drags in this uh, junkie Puerto Rican who ended up getting beat up when he tried to rob someone. The person yeah. he tried to rob beat him up, and now he's mad that he got arrested for yeah. getting beaten up. <laughs> and Channel gives him this speech about how like he hates Puerto Rican criminals because it gives Puerto Ricans a bad name, and all of a sudden he has to talk in a hoity-toity accent so that other non-Puerto Ricans won't like lump him in with them. Yeah. And he's embarrassed it for was, his entire... Yeah, it was pretty funny, I thought. Ugh, Chano. So, yeah, the mugger has to go to the bathroom, and Fish takes him in. Fish takes him in. Manages to get Fish's gun. Which we don't see. No, no, no. He doesn't admit until the end of the episode after the situation is resolved. Well, we figured it was his I gun. assumed, because, yeah. like, yeah, he was handcuffed. Also, like, you can easily pee with handcuffs. Just handcuff you in the front. Have you tried it? No. I No. Because I sit down when I pee. But I assume that just because you're handcuffed in the front doesn't mean you can't hold your own dick. Anyway. Yeah. And then he comes out. He pulls a gun on the entire precinct. And he tells them that he's going to kill everybody unless they let him go. Unless they let him go. And then Barney walks in the door and has a gun in his face. 
Barney yes. isn't even here yet. No, that's right. Barney isn't in the station. Hey, and he spends a lot of time not being on screen. Yes, in the for a show that's named after him yeah. as well. And that's that was the commercial break as well. And it was like, oh, this day's not going to go my way yeah. kind of thing. And it was like yeah. fade to black. Oh, it was, I was great. like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Okay, there was also a really weird scene, I don't know if you guys noticed, where... They got a phone call, and there was, like, a weird Jewish joke. Did you guys... He's... Yeah. I can't remember what the context was, but it was, like, he was... He's, like, did you dress up like a rabbi and, like, attack someone in a deli or something? What? And then Fish was, like, it's the Benai Brith. And I had to look it up, because I was, like, what? Everybody laughed. Like, they knew exactly what that meant. Yeah. Last week when you were twerking vice, were you disguised as a rabbi? Yeah, why? Did you have to forcibly subdue a guy in a delicatessen? Yeah. It's for you. It's the Benet Brith. <laughs> Did you look it up and find out what it was? Yeah, I checked on Wikipedia. It's like a Jewish community, like a un- not some, not a union, but in a weird way, it's like a community group yeah. that like tries to take care of other Jewish people. It started mm. in New York City. So I, even when, after I looked it up and read the so entire Wikipedia it. page, I didn't understand like what the joke was. Like, that, mm. were they mad at him or did they want him in the group? Because now, because he was dressed like a rabbi. No. Anyways, I, it doesn't I, matter I, at yeah. all. But it was the one joke in the both episodes that I was like, what? I don't even remember it. It was so many things. I had to go back because so many things were happening so fast in that one scene. Um, and then all of a sudden they're all at gunpoint and that Bar- was Barney like shows the, up. the one joke I, I think of when I think of like, when I say that this has too many like hacky one-liner, like zinger, you know, jokey jokes. Yeah. That's, that was what I was thinking of. Like, I feel like that one was more of a deep cut though. Like. It's even but if, it was it, like if you didn't live in New York, would you necessarily know? What I'm saying, it doesn't have anything to do. It doesn't uh, like uh, come it's, out of the characters of the plot. It's yes. just a joke. Like it's it, a word joke instead yeah. of an action joke. Like nothing. There was no reason to have it there at all, yeah. story wise. It, it gave and I feel like there is a bunch that. of those actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, Barney starts to try and talk Ramon down. Mm-hmm. I like that scene. I like his character that he's very like. Well, we're going to be totally honest with you yeah. about. Like, it doesn't matter if you put the gun down. We're not going to let you just walk out of here. Yeah. Um, and, of course, all of his men are, like, just want to tell him whatever, like, yeah. promise him whatever to get out of the situation. So mm-hmm. I think that pretty much set up what this show is, right? Like, Barney is the the kind, logical, like, do-gooder. And then he has this band of idiots that are yeah. just constantly going to be screwing things up. And he's the one that has to, like, okay. And this was, like, really cool, I thought, because... So in that first scene with his wife, uh, he all he's talking about is how terrible it is. Like, the bars on the windows wouldn't wouldn't stop anyone from breaking in. Like, he's agreeing with her that it's that it's a terrible place to live, but he's not going to move. Like, he's he just seems sort of defeatist. Like, he's resigned to this awful universe that he lives in. <laughs> but then in this next scene, we see that he really does, like... Uh, he acknowledges what that the that you that New York is terrible right now, but he's um trying to make it better. Like yeah. everything he does, no matter how small of a step towards making the world a better place it is, that's what he's what he's doing. And I really liked his his character. For he's that. a very quiet superhero, almost yeah. kind of. He's he's a realist, but he's 
he, he's like uh he's like the assume the worst but but uh plan no opposite wait yeah <laughs> plan for the worst assume the best yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah no i totally agree that's when we get the weird scene where liz calls the station and insists on talking to him right away yeah. again about the chicken farm again i thought that was crazy sexist but i think I it's also it's a way sexist. of like inserting her either, into the story like to keep her part of the story yeah. well just the, it's just the way that like sh- they say like look he's busy can sh- can we speak later and she says no we need i i don't know it seemed like a crazy thing to do I think she's just very. It seems very like much wives. Wants to you know leave. what I mean? Like, oh god, I they're so like they don't understand the difference between what's important and what isn't. No, I don't think that's a woman and men thing. I think that's a um, Elizabeth is uh, is so um, lives in like a negative headspace or whatever. And I, I think to her, it is really important that he start well, listening it, to her. And it is because. Yeah. Because New York is a terrible place to live, as we've established. <laughs> and and he's being held brown. at the moment. He is being held at gunpoint. She has yes. no idea. She doesn't know, but she has no idea he's being held at gunpoint. Point. Right. I agree. I agree with you completely that she's in the right. I just, I don't. Anyway, it, it when was, you said it's a crazy thing to do, is it a crazy thing for Liz to do to insist on talking to her husband? Yes. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think he made it clear enough that it wasn't a good time. Like I think. Or Chano was talking to her, or was it? Yes. Yeah, I don't think. Or maybe when, it was Abe. I think he just like, can you can you call back he's, later, yeah, please? All he I think said he should was, have can made you it. Call back later. Right. Like yes. he can't talk right, right now. Like he should have just been like, it is you not a good time. Yeah. It was a joke for the sake of a joke, but I, I think it still made her look stupid, it, which annoyed me. I don't think it made her look stupid. Uh, I think it made her look insistent. Okay, Ramon wants to cut a deal. He'll put the gun down if they let him walk out. If they let him walk out. Yeah. And uh, every every single one of Barney's men tries to tell him this will happen. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying before, right? Like, they want to just be yeah. like, uh-huh, great, sure. Even though, obviously, they have no intention of letting him walk out once he puts the gun down. Yeah. And Barney just responds to it by saying, you're not stupid. You're not actually going to believe this will happen. Yeah. But actually, he probably, I mean, he's an he might be. idiot child who's high on drugs and also, like, has the weirdest mush mouth of, like, I had, I couldn't understand half of what he was saying. And he did say that he, he needed a fix. Oh, uh, yes. So he was Before coming, he stole the gun. Coming down. So, yes, then, boom, back comes the business card, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barney has the brilliant idea, like, oh, my future son-in-law is now a public <laughs> defender who could totally help you. Yeah. And They're free. he almost talks Ramon into going for it and then Wojo busts in with a gun and of course we get another three minutes of like no it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine and they finally talk him out of it and he decides breaks down and cries yeah and they all hug it's a great moment (laughs) I I love that that like it just shows so much about Barney's character that he was willing to stand in between two guns. Yeah. That was one of the lines that made me laugh is when Wojo was like, I had a clear shot. Why didn't you just let me shoot him? And Barney's like, well, there was a 50-50 chance you would have shot me because I yeah. have no faith in your ability yeah. to shoot people. And I don't know if we didn't learn this until the finale, but they're like homicide detectives. Except they keep responding to bank robberies. Oh, no, no. They're not homicide detectives. Was that just to scare that kid? Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, what? That makes no sense. These guys are idiots. How could they be homicide <laughs> no, detectives? Okay, thank you. Sorry. I had to clear that up. Uh, and then we got what was my favorite part of the finale is when he's back home the, with the, the pilot. pilot. 
of the pilot, not the pilot. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was, like, common. I was like, there's no pilot in this. Like, actual pilot. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, his son with the gun when he's, like, fake oh, shooting him. His that son. so weird. You thought that, that was, was I thought favorite? it was hilarious. I thought it was pretty funny, yeah. It was, funny, like, yeah. rule of three, right? The son runs up. He pretends to shoot him with the gun. And is like, bang, bang. And yeah. you have a million dollars of toys two in this million. house. Two he million. Two million dollars. Two million dollars worth of million. toys in this house. And you play with the gun. You always want to play with your gun. And then he's like, play with this. Gives him a car. Takes the car. He's like, bang, bang. Was, I don't know why it made me laugh. I yeah, that one funny. made me laugh too. One of my my favorite line in the pilot was um when when he's talking to Liz at the end after the public defender spills the beans about what happened yes. because Barney doesn't tell her anything. Right. So the daughter's boyfriend Sorry. named Stanley comes by to thank Barney for referring this crazy client being yeah. the hero of the day uh, the crackhead and then yeah spills the beans after Barney has pretended to his wife once again that he's had a very normal day and nothing went wrong at all yeah <laughs> go ahead sorry I interrupted no 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 it's good to answer that um, no, he says to her, it's like, you know, like, this stuff only happens once in a lifetime. You know what this means? I'm safe for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. That was really sweet. Good. I, think, I great... think their relationship was my favorite part. That's why I'm so mad she's not really I in know, it. It was upsetting to me, But, yeah, he finally calms her down and convinces her, like, even though I was held at gunpoint and I, I put myself in danger when I didn't even really need to, uh, and they, they're kissing, and then the son does the bang bang for the yes. third time, and he like jumps out of his skin, and I was like, oh, that's great, that was, that's so funny, because like, that's what I'm saying, right, he's, he's such a strong, quiet, masculine type, but yeah. he is a little scared, like, that did spook him a little, and yeah. now he's just like, off balance, and it's cool, like, you wouldn't always see that on these kind of shows, where they wouldn't have that extra little layer of like, yes, it is affecting him. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I thought. All right, let's talk about the finale, which finale. is also called The Hero. Yeah. So heroism is definitely a huge theme going on in and this show. who is the hero in this particular episode? Yeah, good point. Chano is guilt-stricken when he shoots a hold-up man, actually two, Liz makes a citizen's arrest after being robbed at stick point, which is in quotation, by a 12-year-old. Who is actually who is eight. Actually, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Jeez. Sorry, guys. No, I, I think I read that one at one point, too. I'm like, everything in this that is terrible. is wrong. So we find out Fish has gout. That doesn't seem to be important at all, but just mm-hmm. randomly gets thrown in there. He gets funny call from a woman named Mona. Mona. Who claims to be a groupie, a cop groupie, yeah. I guess, which is weird. Uh, he claims she has no idea what he even looks like. He's trying to tell her, like, look, I'm a grandpa and I'm ugly and you don't yeah. want to be interested in me. Then he gives her a number to call. Turns out it's the fireman. And why does he give her the fireman's number? She's uh, in heat. Because she's in heat. Because she's in heat. Isn't she? Oh, <laughs> My lord. It's amazing. So there's, in so the terrible. entirety of the two episodes that we saw, there was female characters. There's Liz. Yes. There's Rachel. Who's the daughter. Who's the daughter. Yeah. yeah. Who has one line. One or two lines. On the phone, we hear someone who falls in love with a peeping Tom. Yes. And this person. Who is cold calling cops to try to get dates with them. And that's literally it. There's four, four female characters in two episodes and two of them are just sex-craved, sex-starved maniacs. Yes. Now let me ask you this. 
do you think donut question number one of the day? Yeah. Ooh. I'm gonna win. Do you think another female will play a role throughout the season in a different respect or a different way than we have seen the do females you mean, play? Like, off of the phone? Yes. <laughs> you mean like where we physically see them? And where she has a more substantial okay. or important role. It goes eight seasons. So that goes until 1983. I feel like... I'm talking about the first season. In between, in the first season? season? No, I bet no. I have a feeling that we see Fish's wife. Fish's wife. Which, yes. I think there's only two people on the precinct that are actually married. And Fish and Barney are the two. Okay. Um, No. Is Uh, there a lady cop? There is an an episode. Halfway through the season. A very special episode where ladies can be cops too. Yes. And what do you think happens there? What do you think happens? Oh my god! Oh my god! In this okay. episode, well, uh, I'm gonna say that. Um, so in, in the first half of the episode, the lady cop is is uh, uh, too weak to deal with uh, a male uh, criminal, and and one of the men has to save her. But in the second half, uh, the the rules get reserved, get reversed. She has to save one of the men from, and then it's like, oh wow, look. Okay, She's I think that's a very too. interesting take, Eric. Thank you. I would like to guess that um, she has a really big crush on Barney Miller, mm-hmm. and she follows him around, but he's like, no, man, I have a wife, even though we never see her. And so eventually she decides to marry uh, Yamada instead. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I believe she's only in one episode. Yeah. So if that all happened in one episode, that would be amazing. Yeah, in 22 minutes. Um, it happened. Uh, but what I found is like that she's extremely, extremely overeager, and she's not happy with the way this precinct is dominated by men. Mm. Oh, and she a... tries to, She, I think she tries to change things with him, but it, it is only one episode. And then in this what? Season. She just disappears? Yes, she's like, only in episode get rid eight. Of- Get rid of that yeah. lady who's causing all those troubles. But well, it's sort of like the, again the Amy character on Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Where it's like she's so hyper focused and wants everyone to think she's extremely perfect at her job, and yeah, it's like you, you sort of have to overcompensate when you're going into that situation, and everybody already assumes, like Eric said, that you're weaker than your coworkers. Yeah. And I think that would be like being a cop for. I mean, being a cop in general is probably scary. But being a cop for a woman, I bet, is terrifying. There is, um, because you were saying over the whole eight seasons, there is one character, like, I think they cast a whole bunch of different people. They always tried to have them on the show for a couple episodes to see how they would work out. Like, that's, they did that with a lot of people and then just wrote them out of the show. But there was one female cop and she was in five episodes and I think they said they would have kept her, but she took the lead in Alice. So she went off, but she would have been... A main character on the show, I think, because she was working out. And they said in the end, there was only one other actor who the audience responded to well that they kept him around till the end of the show. Gotcha. So I think he starts in maybe season three or something. a lot of control for the audience, like, before there was even the internet. Yeah. Like, it's surprising how much they were trying to shift around based on, like, what everybody wanted. Yeah. It's interesting. So Chano comes into work. He's sort of stressed out because he got a very bad fortune in his fortune cookie. But he also, his horoscope was really good. So he was didn't know what was going to happen. Who and are you going to believe, Chinese Baker or the New York Times? Yes. 
Exactly. And turns out it's the Chinese bakery every time. Every time. Because there's a major bank robbery. Uh, he has to go downtown or go deal with it or whatever. And when he comes back, he's acting sort of like I said, he was acting fishy, but I guess it was more like I at first I felt it was suspicious, but it's obviously more just like like hyper energy. Right. Oh, I totally read it as like shock. Yeah, I yeah. too. To me, it was I extremely was... like bouncing around the room. Yes. Too, and it's, it's... So they eventually find out that he had to shoot and kill both of the bank robbers. But did he have to? Is the other thing that I had to question. Well, he did. Yes. Because did he not go into the building and kill he... them? Yes. What like ambushed them? Because the one of the guards had been shot. Yeah. And he was bleeding to death. He didn't die, did he? The guard. No, we didn't he care. saved the guard by killing these two men. Oh, that's good. It, it, it is what's yeah. implied. I thought they killed they the guard. Had waited it out, then the guard would have died. But they have that line later on. Uh, he's talking to Barney, and and uh, Barney said, "Look, there's nothing you could do. It was completely un- unavoidable." And he. And then he's like, I thought well, that we was the best line. No, that was the, the worst line. Let's talk about that exact line. It made no sense. That's that whole the... thing about the sperm whale? That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, at okay. All. Sorry. Oh. When, he's, when he says, uh, when Shan says, uh, I don't feel good about it. And then Barney's. That's the same scene. The same like, scene. He says. The same scene. At, at his house. Why do sperm whales have tiny throats? You're talking about the end of the scene. I know, but. Did that that line made no that, sense? That was the line that ended it. That's the I way know. it is, and but there isn't anything you can do about but it. But he's saying he was saying uh, Shannon was saying um, I don't feel good about it. Barney's like, would you have felt good about it if they had killed those hostages? And he yeah. said, well, no, I wouldn't have felt good about it either. So right. he said, and then Barney's like, well, then I guess uh, this was the the best outcome. And then Shannon says, we could have let them have the money. And then Barney was like, well, we couldn't have had that. But that was like a really, I thought that was a really interesting line, like. You could have saved those people from dying if you just let all the money go. Yes, away. if we could let them steal the money. Yeah, but they—it's—it's it's just another example of this really dark, bleak world that they live in. Like they—I can't believe that they brought that up. That, yeah, like, we could have saved this bloodshed. Yeah. If yes. we if we let the bad guys have the money, but no one wants to have that. Like the bad guys can't win. No, right? because when they do, everybody's going to start so holding it was, up banks. For the characters, it was uh, preferable that the, the the bad guys died. Like yeah. two people, it was preferable that two people would die than that those people would get money. They Successfully rob the bank. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because in general, again, I don't know the rules, but mostly on television, you don't shoot at anyone if you're a cop unless they're shooting at you. Yeah, it's true. Right? Even when they're chasing people, and it drives me crazy because I'm just like, just shoot that guy in the leg. Like, stop chasing him. You have a gun. But they're not supposed to randomly shoot unarmed people. I mean, obviously we know in the world that they do all the time, especially if those people are African American. Mm -hmm. But in general, it's like, so even in this situation, right? Like, did he come bursting in and they shot at him and then he killed them? Or did I think, he just come bursting in, shoot them both, and I get don't that even guy know, out of there? I don't even know if he burst in. I, I, the way well, I read the like scene is that he, in. like, snuck in yeah. and he pretty much executed them from behind us or something is what I assume happened. It sort of happened. seems like that, yes. It's a little bit, uh, questionable? Yes, I, I had 
And to Which is to, probably why he's struggling with it. And then yeah, totally. they have a very weird scene between Barney and Yamada, or Yamana, sorry, where he's like, so have you ever had to kill anyone? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, almost, but no. And he's like, yeah, me neither. And that's like the whole scene. And the only other thing Yamana is doing in this episode is a runner about how he's out of magazines to read when he poops. Yeah. And he's pooping for a really long time. Several times in this episode. And then he comes, then they have this scene where it's like, yeah, it would really suck to have to murder somebody. Like, not murder somebody, but you know what I mean? Like, it was, the tone was swinging so wildly in this final episode. It was crazy. And which is why I thought Luger was so funny, because he didn't (laughs) understand any of what Chano was going through. And he was just like, no. He wanted to give him a medal. He wanted to give him a medal. Yeah, he was so ignorant. I thought it was funny. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about the pimp. So, in the The meantime... Pimp Pimp Mayflower! Yeah, the B story is Little Richard, I think they call him, right? The pimp? Mayflower is his name. Oh, okay. There we go. He's been arrested on felonious assault charges. Uh, They call him a social director. One of the lines, as I mentioned, that actually made me laugh out loud was when he was said, uh, one of the cops said to him, sit down before you fall off your shoes. (laughs) Because this guy, like, we know right away this is a pimp because he's got the hat, he's got the fuzzy jacket, he's got the big boots. It's like how someone would dress up on Halloween as a pimp. I, I feel it like is. that line was I agree. a little bit racist too. It, I think it's the it's the equivalent of of uh, people saying uh, uh, pull up your pants or you know or you're, or you're gonna trip like your pants are gonna fall down when you're running from the cops. Right. Or well, I think it's just more the style back then that yeah. some people were wearing these like huge chunky shoes. No, totally. And they were just like, oh, God, you're an idiot for wearing those shoes. Uh, once again, uh, Liz calls yes. and demands to speak to Barney immediately and turns out she's downstairs. She's dragged this eight-year-old child with a stick to the precinct <laughs> because why? What did he do to her? He tried to hold her up in an elevator. Yes. Tried to get her money. How? How did he try to get her money in the elevator? With a stick. Right. And he, what did he say? Was it a pointy? Was it, and it, was it like had an edge? a fence said, stick. This is a stick up. Yes. Which is not even a crime, because that's technically true. If he was holding the stick up and he said, this is a stick up, that is, you can't go to jail for that. That's English. I think he was ridiculous. I don't think so. He was threatening her. That would have been my defense if I was his lawyer. (laughs) He's like, he's just showing her that it's a stick that's pointing up. She wasn't actually like thinking that he was going to go to jail. No, 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 no. She was trying to teach him a lesson. And then again, one of my favorite lines is as soon as she drags him to the cop shop, they go full bore trying to like scare him straight. Yeah. And she gets upset and she's worried that now they've gone too far. And Barney says, well, if you don't trust us, take him to a different precinct. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. There was my favorite line from this one was also, well, not maybe not favorite, but one of them was also in this scene. It was like when he asks, um, was it Harris he was talking to in the yes. scene? It's like, am I going to prison? And he responds, oh yeah, you got to go to prison. The last kid who held up a lady in an elevator got 18 years. Yes. <laughs> and I want to mention he's before eight years old. I forget that Harris and Barney Miller have amazing mustaches in this. Yeah. Like, I was blown away by their mustache game. Like, it was just so good. I just had to say that. Harris's mustache, in especially in the finale, I didn't notice it in the pilot. But in the finale, his stash was amazing. So I, great. And we also should say that this kid, whose name is Jackson, this eight-year-old kid that she citizen arrests, 
which I, is a real thing. We should do that more Does often. Does that still happen? You I can? feel like you can. I don't know if you should or that you might get murdered trying to. Yeah. But I've always wanted to be like, you just littered and I'm resting See, you. I think like, if that was a little kid, that would maybe <laughs> the only situation I would ever feel comfortable making yeah. a Yeah, well then you're just arrest. like fake citizen, ar- citizen <laughs> arresting them because you can't charge anyone under 12 with a felony. Oh, no. That was At least weird. not in this country. When we, when she's on the phone and then they find out, oh, she's, she made a citizen's arrest, I was like, oh... The, the title of the episode refers to the hero. Liz. She's the hero. She made a citizen's arrest because that teaser happens where it's like there's a bank robbery going down right now. We need to go. And then when we come back from the theme song, it's like everything's totally normal. Everyone's calm. I was like, that's really weird that we. Yeah. Maybe that didn't have anything to do with the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that was what I, that was my first thought was that the hero refers to Liz, but no, she's not even. We should She's in one scene. She's in two yeah, minutes. well, we're gonna have to who the hero is after we get to the end of this. Cause I don't even know if I'm sure. Jackson is played by Todd Bridges, who is the eldest kid on Different Strokes. Oh, okay. Uh, Good for him. I recognized him right away. Like as soon as he started talking, I went right to IMDb and I was like, "Is that no? How how much later was he on that? Uh, on Different Strokes? Yeah, he's when? like seventeen, eighteen years old." Does and you get, recognized does him. Does he yeah. get better at acting? Oh, you! D- I loved him. I, I didn't thought think he was some very of bad. the lines they gave him were ridiculous. They were, but I found him absolutely adorable. I, I think it was maybe uh, a short-sighted for them to expect a child actor to start crying in the middle. Like, yeah, that crying scene was. But uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, that was, was it at bad. the end when when, when he, told he finds out that they're going to tell his grandpa? He starts crying, but not really. Only for like a split second. And, and I think that was also just a temperamental kid reaction. Yeah, it was more of like a tantrum. I, but yeah. the weirdest part about this whole episode is that they enlist the pimp yes. to help this child. And they throw them in a cell together. So again, for two episodes, we're believed that 1970s New York is terrible and yeah. scary. And this man who sells women for a living and is in jail for assault is put in a cell with the child and is happy to get on board with this like let's teach this kid a lesson because well, they're gonna like go easier on him. they did offer yes to help to tell the da or whatever yeah and which okay makes sense i'm not saying on his part i'm saying on the cop's part no yeah <laughs> all day he's left alone in a cell with a pimp <laughs> all day it's absolutely bananas. That would never, never happen. I think that that's another another example of why this show would work better today. Because like weird, weird, weird situations like that. Like it's just strange and and bananas. That was bananas. Just a really dark, yeah, <laughs> really dark thing. So Chano comes back. Uh, like we said, he's he's really upset. He tries to make himself a cup of coffee. He keeps saying uh, they can't get away with that. They can't get away with that. And then eventually, like, smashes the cup or drops the cup. I wasn't even really sure. He smashes it. Uh, Captain Frank Luger comes in. This is the first time we've seen him at all. And, yeah, he's going on about how Chan is going to get a medal for saving the security guard. And uh, he tells him to go see a moving picture. That'll make you feel better. I know you just killed two people that you don't know. Go see the opera. Go see a moving picture. Yeah. So 
uh, Channel leaves. Wojo wants to go after him. He's really worried. So we only get a brief scene, but we do see these guys do sort of have a brotherhood, and they do take care of each other. We also see that Barney's uh, kind of a hypocrite here because he won't let Wojo. He says, you know, "Let him deal with it on his he's own." Gotta, he's got to. Yeah, he's yeah. got to figure it out himself. And then, and then he goes then over he and goes. takes care of him. You're right. I didn't even think about mm. that. I think he probably felt like Channa needed some time on his own. Yeah. When he goes, it's much later because he talks about how he's gone to see a movie and yeah. all this other stuff. I think that it also... So I don't think it was, but it does look like that because it's I cut together so closely. <laughs> it may we, have... may, we may have been supposed to read it because he, uh, he Barney goes... Like, what happens immediately before Barney goes is him and, and uh, Yamana talking about, have you ever had to deal with it? Yeah. And I think maybe we were supposed to be like... At first, Barney is, isn't is really taking it as seriously as he's supposed to, but it didn't come off that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then we get this scene with Jackson. He says that Liz is a fibber and she might be a witch. Uh, <laughs> they do that really funny gag with the Judge Meanie and Judge Goody. I don't know why, but I thought judge, that was... Judge Meanie. <laughs> The Hanging Judge. Yes, that was hilarious. That made me laugh every time I said Judge Meany. Yeah, and so the kid finally gives it up. He admits that it is his stick, and he did try to rob Liz, and he's very sorry. Because the pimp has also talked him into it. And yes. Talk, talked him into that sticks well, are bad. Also, yeah. That was literally... <laughs> no, he said a stick is uncool. Uncool. That was the actual dialogue that came out of his mouth. And yeah, he's telling about what prison's going to be like and what they're going to get to eat when they go to prison and how terrifying it's going to be when they get to Sing Sing. And that's when uh, the kid asks him, like, oh, are you going to tell my grandpa? Because the cop's taking him home. He says, judge me, and he says, you can go because you told the yeah. truth. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to have to tell your grandpa. And this, he's like, man, you ain't no brother. That was, the, yeah. Man, you ain't no brother. Because it's Just like the black up. cop. And that's when he breaks down. And that's when he fake cries. Yeah. Hilarious. So then we see Chan at home. He's listening to the news. The news. They briefly mentioned Saigon, so we know we're like mid or all Vietnam War ish yeah. time. And then it's like robbery, robbery. He keeps changing the station, and they're still talking about this on robbery. every channel. And, and then there's even I think was it Spanish? Yeah. Yes, and, and they changed like, to a different language, and uh, he pauses because he can't understand. Oh, Hamilton though, Bank. So he would be able to understand. I think it. you hear Hamilton. But Bank he does. They say there. the name of the bank. Yeah. So Barney shows up and uh, you know tries to take care of him. And that's, explain the sperm whale line to me. Because that is the one part of both these episodes where I was like, what the fuck? I really like the line, that's the way it is and there isn't anything you can do about I, it. Like a sperm whale's throat? Well, this is what it is. This is, he's saying that, so a sperm whale's throat is, is small and that's just how, that's just what sperm whales are like are in their world. You yes. know, in our world. So also... In our world, in their world, this dark, terrible world in New York, people ro try to rob banks and need to be killed. Oh my god. That's yeah. what, that's what it he's made saying. no sense to me at all. And, he's and saying, it was like, of all the examples, like, you know, to come up with a sperm whale, like, you could say, like, oh, like, I'm not saying horses good. don't have it's, hands. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Or, like, you know, fish don't have opposable thumbs. Like, it, I don't know, guys. I, I, and I feel like they, the writers thought that that line was much more powerful than it really it was. was. 
insane. I thought it was insane. And I think maybe it would have been better if uh, uh, Hal Linden sort of butchered that speech. He's sort of stutters a little bit and he slurs his words in there. I just, oof, it I really turned like me off. A... I was like, this is such an emotional, pivotal scene that is happening between these two characters. And it's just like, so let's talk about sperm whale throats. Like, is that like a common reference from the time? Probably like, not. Oh, this I is think usual, it was random like, even sperm then. whale throats. Like, it just made no sense. So I then... just felt like it was a very, like, not even, like a dark-ish Thing, like in this comedy it just this yes. this fi- p- p- bleh, this finale was way darker than the pilot yes absolutely it, it definitely went to a new level of like oh god and like this conversation ended on this note and afterwards he just he's by himself and he just breaks down and cries sobs and i feel like that sobs. was the first time he actually cried yes i would agree with that i think you mean in his life no, no about uh, this. since killing those two people yeah. Uh, then Luger comes back. He's upset. There's not going to be a medal for Chana. It's going to go to a couple of... Yeah, this is my favorite. Is that he's he's like, uh, they're going to give it to someone who saved two kids yeah. and a dog. Out of, a, dog, out of a burning building. From a burning building. They don't want to draw attention to the fact that they... they Cops are, have killed anybody. <laughs> yeah. Not like in the old days when you could go around shooting whoever you want and it like wasn't a problem, I guess? I don't yeah. know. So strange. Yeah. Uh, Chano comes back to work. He says he saw seven movies and went to the aquarium just to see that sperm whale because that speech was so oh inspiring. Oh my god, I didn't even catch that. Holy crap. That's... <laughs> oh my god. Hilarious. Uh, and I honestly, I think that's it. There, there was yeah. one uh, runner with Yamada we didn't mention about like where things are filed. It was always like under F or oh under my God, there was also... R or under U. And then eventually yeah. Barney was like, just under sh- F U. Just shut up. <laughs> just stop. I don't care anymore. No, there was also the part where he's like, I need something to read. I've yeah. run out yeah. of, like, I've lost my magazine or something. Like, and I, Barney offers him. We talked could, about that I earlier. The poop jokes. Oh, that was, yeah. End yeah. the episode on, like, this is a really emotionally heavy episode. We actually, like, had Shano uh, crying on screen. And yeah, and decent, end- decent crying. Unlike yeah. that child who yeah. did a terrible job of crying. He, uh, he he did a great job that episode. Mm. Um, Agree. I feel like he would be my favorite character. Chano. Yeah, I think Yamada Yamana would be mine. <laughs> but they end the episode with Yamana work, walking into the bathroom to go poop for a really long time. <laughs> yes, for the, like the third time in twenty minutes too. <laughs> like the first time he doesn't have a magazine. The next time he has that like report that just doesn't work. And it's so work. funny that he actually takes like Barney just offers him this extremely boring report and you. Yeah. Don't think he's ever going to take it. He's and like, then, oh, okay, this isn't going to be good, but he's still going to read this. On the third one, he takes the newsletter from the bank saying that Chano is a hero for saving <laughs> that guard. It's like, what else could be in that newsletter that's that interesting to read? Crazy. Was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about, about either episode or what you think may have happened in the middle? I have, actually, I have two questions that I, that I can't ask you both. Let's hit it. Um, I'll start with the second one. It's less interesting. Okay. Um, Luger, when do you think he makes his first appearance? Yes, I don't even know... Or who he is. Yes, who he is. Like, do you think, Eric, that he's in charge of them? Like, he's yes, Barney's no, boss? He's absolutely above them. Okay. In some way. But I think he's like a... So he's like the district manager? Or yeah, like, he runs a desk now. Like, lunch on Brooklyn? I'm just yeah, going to compare everything to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, I think that he comes in episode two. Mm. And he's in it the whole season? I think so, yeah. I think that they basically replaced... 
I th I think that Liz was sort of the like foil to Barney. Right. But when they I guess decided to stay in make the it precinct, a workplace drama. I think they needed they brought him in instead. It definitely seems like he's supposed to be the opposite of Barney. Like he doesn't listen that when people are talking, he's just talking yeah. to be heard. And it he seems a like yeah, that it's it's for the uh, the praise or the accolades that he wants yeah. to accomplish things as like opposed he's, to he's not trying to change the world, make like things Barney's. better. Exactly. I'm gonna guess he comes in halfway through the season. How about that? You are much closer. And Eric, well, it's, as far as I know, the first time I know he makes an appearance is in episode nine. Ooh. Um, wow. Where the storyline of the episode is that uh, Luger comes and tells Bunny that his men are not liked, uh, disliked enough by the public. His men are not disliked, disliked enough? Disliked enough. They need to be disliked more by the public. Well, when would they even interact with the public, really? Like, I mean, besides on a case-to-case -case basis. Well, they, they or maybe, like, calls. articles also in the newspaper about whatever they're up to. That actually sounds like a good episode. That totally, like, that totally uh, is a fantastic example of what his philosophy is oh. regarding police work. Yes, like, and the opposite of feared. what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Detective Luger. Uh, not detective, I'm sorry. He is... Captain? No, he is above them. They all um, have, he's like... The inspector, inspector. Yeah, oh, they all have Frank weird, Luger. like, detective sergeant, like, real, a bunch of titles. I was just like, who's above who? I can't tell. A thing running throughout the show is, like, people constantly try to get promotions, and there is a detective. I think he comes in in the third season, and he ends up being a major role, but he tries to get a promotion to lieutenant... I think lieutenant for the or sergeant, we either one for the entire series, and he oh. gets it in the very final episode of the show. And gotcha. Barney Miller also gets promoted to inspector, and he tries to get that job throughout the entire series. Uh, Luger's job, where like he tries to get a promotion, gotcha. which doesn't also doesn't happen until the final episode right. of the series. It's just like Mash. When yeah, Klinger's trying to get out by dressing like a lady for the entire show. I don't think it's like that. I don't think Barney Miller is dressing up like a woman. No, I just mean in terms of like giving it to them while, you know, at the very end of the uh, situation. Did you have another question? I have one more question, yes. All right, let's hit it. Um, do you think in these two episodes there was any, there is a couple long running jokes that appear throughout the show? And do you think there were any that you saw in the pilot and the, or the finale that continuously keep coming up? And if so, what? Okay, well, we've talked about most of the runners. There was the file one. I think that might be one that happens more than in one episode. I doubt it. You don't think so? No. That seemed to be going on. There was, like we said, the magazines in the bathroom. There was, oh, what was the one? There was one in the pilot. Now I can't remember what the it was. Kid. Uh, with the gun? Yeah, the, no, yes, the bang bang. I doubt that's comes back. I think you know, that was specific you know to that I episode. A, uh, I bet there's a runner of racism against Puerto Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's on purpose though. So is it the co the detectives? Like Chano has this thing that he always does, and Fish, like is Fish oh, always? Man, I bet Fish. Like, this I I got it. Bet Fish always every episode probably has some new weird disease. Oh my gosh. Or yes. Malady. Or has some weird, strange woman that's trying to get with him, even though they've never seen him before. 
I don't know. That felt in the finale like it was. Uh, like I it bet was you there's got to be a Yamana runner of some kind. All right, spill it. What is it? There absolutely is a Yamana one. Yeah. What and is it? There, he does so many. There's like, is it the gambling thing? Bad coffee. When oh, when Chano is like, this is definitely not Puerto Rican that. coffee. He yeah. throws it in anger. He makes horrendous coffee throughout the entire series, and he's the Yamada. The, yeah, Yamada. Okay. He's the butt of the jokes. Like for the entire time, they always like make fun of him. Like you make the worst coffee, but he continues to be the person that makes who the makes coffee? the coffee. Interesting. And that happens through the out the entire like. Well, he's only in I think four five and a half seasons, but that happens. Throughout the entire thing. Gotcha. Which is a weird, coffee. like, again, a non-racial no. thing to give his character, which is kind of good, that it's not, you know, whatever. Like, you always that. bring smelly lunch, you know what I mean? Like, something that they could have gone in, like, a bad direction. It's I like, can't believe that he's the first, uh, first Japanese man on primetime television. American. In a regular Japanese. Role. Well, yes. Like, he is American, but he's of Japanese descent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he... I, Maybe there were Japanese actors on TV before, but it specifically said Japanese American. I, I don't know. Either way, I can't believe that his character isn't the most racist thing in the world. It's I, true. I'm very surprised, and even considering like Chang from Community, yes. it's like incredibly <laughs> oh, man. ridiculous. How well he he's my least favorite character on Community, but we don't have to talk about that. The finale was great. Don't say anything because I'm, <laughs> I'm three seasons behind. I think. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. All right. I think there is one more. Oh. There was one more oh, thing. Whoa, whoa. Sorry. No, no, no. That keeps coming up throughout the series. Oh, what is and it? And you brought it up when it was funny. I almost brought it up at that point. But um, um, you mentioned the scene where he throws the pimp and the kid together in the scene. Yes. Yeah. Um, he constantly does this. Barney Miller hates paperwork, and he will often put two of them together to like try to figure out a solution without having to deal with all the paperwork and having... like He always tries to put witnesses and vic- victims, or like <laughs> criminals and victims together so that they can work out the situation. That's not how police work works. <laughs> Even if they make up, you can't just be like, well, I'm not going to charge you now. No, but he's like, he always tries to do that. Like, That's crazy. He hates paperwork. You know it's a television show, right? It's not my... a real cop. But also about this... Barney Miller was considered extremely realistic even by actual cops and cops say that it was the most realistic cop show they have ever seen. I can see that. I mean, even for to this time, day. For the time. I, I totally agree with that. And they say like it was uh, razor sharp writing and eccentric personalities. And I agree with that. Like It's crazy. You don't have any problem differentiating the people. Differentiating differentiating the people. Yeah, because we're all, everyone's I, a different color. Actually, uh, Wojo, and there's, there's yeah. two, See, Wojo there's two white guys who... Yeah, I, I struggled up. with Wojo doesn't as well, play but a very he doesn't part. have much to do in these yeah. And episodes. he is one of the characters, like, he's from in there from season one to season eight. Yeah. One of the only people he will in the pilot and the finale that is throughout the entire show. the storyline, but he was the one that I had trouble in the background just like figuring out what he was up to. And Fish's thing, he is old, complains a lot, and he is not happy about his impending retirement. Oh. So that's what happens for the for his like three seasons I think he's on the yeah. show. And he has gout. Yeah. So he's com- constantly <laughs> complains and doesn't because like he that eats he has rich to food, but the cooking's bad. Like, I was that again another joke against his wife? That line? No, again? that was not about. Uh, that's just um, it's like terrible cooking, but rich food. Like, that's just what. 
That's just how you. Uh, that's just how you get gout. Yes. No. How you get gout is by eating too many uh, rich foods. I know. But yeah. the joke he was making was that even though the food was rich, it was still badly prepared by oh, whoever I prepared that was because it. Because I thought he was saying that he was a bad cook. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who he was saying was the bad cook, but I think he was yeah. saying somebody. Even though he ate all this great food, it still tasted bad because whoever cooked it did it badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how they make donuts? They fry them in hot fat. It's cholesterol. You know about cholesterol? Builds up in little globules, veins, and arteries. Clogs them up so blood can't get to your heart. No, no, Nick. They don't tell you that on the box. I thought it might be like cigarettes. All right, so shall we let Eric uh, pick our next show? Hmm? We'll pick a number. Yeah? Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. For joining us and talking about Barney Miller. I'm sorry it wasn't better TV donut. It's definitely the hardest. I was going to say it's the only comedy we've ever done, but that's not true. No, no it was it was because it was so procedural almost. Yes. It, like every episode deals with a different thing. Yes. And it was a comedy, but it's also procedural. Because I was thinking of other comedies we might end up getting. And some of them do have season arcs. Like something like Raising Hope or even like a Cheers. Larry Sanders. Yeah, like we could talk about those season by season but for yes a lot of we're not going to know until we're watching it so it's always going to be a bit of an experiment unfortunately but i had fun yeah i had fun watching this it's also that i have wrote this down in 2014 it was called the most intelligent literate sitcom ever on tv wow i think that's probably a little ridiculous it is a little bit but we've only seen two episodes yes i mean it went for eight seasons right like what is it in season six we don't know no we could be something you know, even more than what it, what we got to see. But there are so many great sitcoms. Yeah. I think there's a very great potential that I will watch this show. I actually wanted to say what, yeah. what you know, just briefly let our listeners let, get to know you. Like, what would you say is your, you know, top three favorite sitcoms? Or oh. sitcoms that you would recommend that people check out? Um, definitely Party Down, I think, might be my favorite show of all yeah. time. Steve Gutenberg episodes, one of my all-time favorite <laughs> episodes of television of all time. Um, what do you mean? Why didn't anyone tell me I'm supposed to rewrite stuff? That's my favorite line. <laughs> um, obviously, Rest of Development. Yes. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, the third one, uh, maybe Larry Sanders show. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just... Yeah. Solid, yeah. solid. It's hard too because right, like some people would consider like Freaks and Geeks to be a comedy, but it's also well, it's it an hour comedy, long, it's not, not a sitcom, it and it's dramatic. In. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely not a sitcom. Yeah, you're right. If that counts, I don't know if I, I consider it. Arrested Development a sitcom either, but we're well, gonna say it is for this purpose. You're absolutely wrong, and it yeah. is a sitcom. <laughs> I agree. Are you, if if we're talking like three camera, you know. It doesn't matter how many yeah. ca- how many cameras. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I would definitely say Arrested Development would be mine. I think Simpsons would be up there. I just have such a love for it. Just you know, it's been a part of my but life. These are all shows always. that like if someone's never if you're saying like that you would recommend to everybody. These are all shows that they probably wouldn't seem as good unless you've seen a lot of like mediocre or like more regular television like uh, i think arrested development if it was like the first tv show you ever watched it would you wouldn't really you, know. you would be like what is happening yeah yeah well we talked about that on another episode about we like did. what 
shows we would show people and then like whether Twin Peaks would be so strange if you had never seen anything (laughs) else. But, you know, who cares? Throw them in the deep end with the good stuff, right? All right. So uh, we're going to let you pick first since you're our guest. Any number between one and one thousand and nine. All right, uh, 999. Oh, wow. 999. Saskia, what number would you like? I'm going to go with 116. 999 and 116. All right, 999 is Workaholics. Oh, dear God. Another comedy. That one I think we would have a little bit more of, Jonah. I've just started watching it. I'm in the middle of season three. Uh, sorry, what did you say? I always do this every time. 116. Of course. I always have it in there, but I'm afraid I don't. All right. It's a show on Fox called Brothers. Brothers. 2009. Do you want to try that one? And, and What uh, is it? It's also a comedy. Also a comedy. Yeah. I will say Brothers. I would prefer, I think. All right. Do you not like Workaholics? I love Workaholics. I haven't <laughs> seen it, but I know... You would love it. I know Jake hates it what and i feel like i i would not in get into it it's pretty good stuff (laughs) adam divine is the best it's it's so great actually i'm sort of uh season three is twice as long and i'm sort of stumbling to get through it i think they kind of overexerted themselves for me it's very similar to my love for like south park or let me think of another example of where it's like 85% 85% of the time, I love it. 15% yeah. of the time, it's too gross for me. Mm. Yeah. It's just, there are certain episodes that are disgusting. And it's just like, it's too it's too much for me personally. <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth getting through those certain episodes where something horrible and disgusting is happening for the ones that are just like off the charts hilarious. It's, um, it's got a, uh, Workaholics has a, like a, an approach to sitcoms that's like really similar to uh, Sunny. Yes. Like it's not. The, it is. It's very. not the same, and Sunny is way better. Yeah. But it, it feels the same sort of way. Like they take a sitcom trope and try and twist it in a way. Yeah. And again, it's that's the difference between cable and network, right? Yeah. Because Sunny can't go that extra mile where it's like it doesn't need to make sense. And the network's not like, well, what's blog going to think of when they see this or this demographic? Whereas Workaholics is on Comedy Central. So they're trying to get those kind of more regular viewers. So it's like the basic storyline sort of has to make sense. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, doesn't matter because we're watching Brothers. Good. Well, thank you, Eric, so much. This is fun. Will you come back and do it again? Uh, Yeah. Awesome. Only if Piers isn't here again. (laughs) Ha! Because it's the only way to do it. Well, I agree. All right. Bye. Enjoy your day. Love you. Bye.